Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited to introduce you to Dutch Newman. And Dutch is a rap hip hop artist here from Kansas City. And thanks Dutch for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Let's uh, let's start with kind of just a little bit of your story. Where are you born? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, uh, I was born March 2nd, 1985, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, my mother Sheree Butler Johnson and my father Philip Harry Johnson the fourth. Everyone called him Tweety. They, uh, he actually, me and him still talk about this. He hates the fact. I don't know if he hates the fact. He probably does hate the fact. Uh, my real name. I was born Philip Mario Johnson. Um, I was supposed to be Philip. <laughs> Philip. <laughs> I can't even see. I can't even say it with a straight face. I was supposed to be born Philip Harry Johnson the fifth. My mom was not having no parts, <laughs> neither was my grandmother. So I did get named after him and my father's father and my great great grandfather. I got named Philip, except they were Philip with one L and or two L's, and I was Philip with one, and I was named also after my grandmother. Now I found out from my father way later down the line. That apparently he got screwed out of his inheritance because I didn't get named the fifth. I don't know. Huh. I, I was, yeah, Say I was, the whole thing again. <laughs> exactly. Philip, <laughs> Philip Harry Johnson the fifth. Oh my God. So where does where does Dutch Newman come from? That definitely does not come from Philip. <laughs> uh, you know it's crazy because my father's name he doesn't go by any of those names either. I still could have honestly been Philip, but he goes by Tweety. Huh. Yeah, that's his nick that's been his nickname forever, Tweety. Uh Dutch Newman. <laughs> that's funny. So I went by Dutch. I went by different variations of Dutch. That was a I don't know. Um I used to smoke did, a lot of I Did used you smoke, come smoke up with it or did somebody name you that? That's funny. You asked me. So like I said, different variations. Very different different variations of Dutch. Um, first it was just Dutch. I smoked a lot of weed growing up, and that's all I smoked was Dutch Masters. Uh, and I loved gangster movies. Um, so I loved like Dutch Schultz and Lucky Luciano and Bumpy Johnson. I used to watch all those old gangster movies. <laughs> and yeah, I went by Dutch Schultz for a little bit, which was. Dutch Luciano. That was, either way, it was horrible. Uh, I, I was like, yeah, okay, I can't, I can't go by that because I'm not a gangster. I don't do anything gangster. Um, this is back when I was living on Fifty Second and Chestnut um, in KC, and I remember. <laughs> um, my mom and I, we were driving to or coming from Sunfresh, and. Even from Sunfresh, we stopped. Well, it's it's called Throwback now, but back then it was America's Pub. But we were leaving from Sunfresh, and we were sitting right there. And she told me to get out the car and look up. So I get out of the car, I look up, and I see a street sign, and I saw Honorary Dutch Newman Road. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, okay. She said, that's her name. That's what my mom technically named me, Dutch Devin. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's very interesting because I found out about, mm, I don't know, after making music under the moniker Dutch Newman, after doing shows under the moniker Dutch Newman, after basically rebranding myself the name Dutch Newman, I found out that it was a 90-something-year-old white woman. 
I did not do Google back then. I didn't know the concept of Google and it wasn't really hip to it yet. I was, I was <laughs> highly upset because a lot of my friends had teased me about it. <laughs> In fact, I remember doing the show at Record Bar eons ago and <laughs> I was the headliner and they said, uh, so-and-so, da-da-da, and some 90-year-old white woman. Ah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, wasn't wasn't was That's an embarrassing moment too. That's one we can laugh at now. That's but, funny. But no, I ended up finding out that I'm actually still friends with. She has passed away. Um, uh, her name was Hilda Newman. Uh, she was part of the Democratic Missouri Convention, but she used to. Yeah, hmm. be, be a hot shot, yeah. Casey. So that's hence that's why she has a street named after yeah. her. But for the longest, everyone has been asking me, "How did you get a street named after you?" So I just, I just <laughs> there ran you go. with it. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> so, where, which did you grow up all in Kansas City? Like your middle, like elementary, middle school, high school? So no, I was like I said, I was born in Kansas City. I moved to Grandview. Because um, we were living in the Hickman, Hickman and Ruskin area, mm -hmm. um, so South Casey. My grandmother had gotten a really big uh, settlement, so I'm, we, we we was like the Jeffersons. <laughs> we moved on up, <laughs> and at the time, Grandview was actually a really booming city. Yeah, it was very nice. Not a lot of crime. Fresh smelling air. Everything was nice. My grandmother got us a really nice house to live in. And we all lived in it. Me, her, my brothers, my mom. And it's down off Redbridge Road or somewhere no, around no, there. No, it was way further. No, it was like way further in. It was um, it was it was um uh, like 140th. So River Oaks. We lived in the River oh, yeah. Oaks area. Yeah. My my father-in-law built some of the built that place. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. River Oaks. Yeah. Oh shit. No, I uh, or, it, it was a guy named Frank Favaza was his name. Okay. Okay. Italian build, home builder. Anyway. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I, uh, River Oaks down off of 71. Huh? Had right a golf seven. course there. Yes. Yeah. I, in fact, lived on that golf course. Yeah. My The golf course was right behind my room. So I would remember when golfers would hit my damn window because we had to change the window. It was so many times. We actually had insurance from the golf because huh. we knew that we were going to get our our that like they would slice and hit, hit our windows. Yeah. So we had the outside window guard and the inside window where our, our mm -hmm. uh, um, home was. I would literally go behind in the backyard, collect all the golf balls, and then I would sit there and I would sell them to golfers. Yeah, I, I did was, the same thing. I would sell them their golf balls I back. I did the same thing, dude. <laughs> That's how I made money when yeah. I was like 13, 14, 15. Yeah. I'd, I'd go in the ponds and Pull them out of the pond. Oh yeah, no, I definitely went into the, in the get, creek and get yeah, them in the woods, get in the pond, clean them, them up, clean them perfectly. So, and I had my my shag balls. I had I put them in egg cartons and sold them. <laughs> I had buckets like legit, yeah, yeah. like like golf buckets. Because I remember, um, I had a, <laughs> I did it up here in the Northland at a golf course because my house was almost right on a, but you know I had that's to cut genius. through the woods. But anyway, yeah, that's. That's exactly what I, I cut through the woods a lot. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, huh? So which which high school did you go to? I went to Grandview. Okay, I went to Grandview. I hated it. Grandview sucked. Next question. Did you do? <laughs> that's did, you, it. did you do any like extracurricular no. stuff, no, sports, kept, anything? Kept my head down. Okay. I was bullied a lot. Believe it or not, I was not as charismatic. I was a real geek. I didn't. I had maybe two or three friends. Yeah, people didn't like, and it's okay. I kept me. I mean, I the people who I was friends with then, I'm still friends with now. Mm. There's a lot of people who were my friends back in those days. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's funny. My girlfriend went to Grandview. We didn't even know each other. I wasn't apparently a grade above her. But yeah, I hated Grandview. Mm. It sucked. Mm. <laughs> so glad I don't ever have to deal with that again. But yeah, yeah, went to Grandview. Yeah. So when when did you get connected to the music scene always been connected to music um, family like my mother my mother was an amazing singer uh, my father still plays bass for his church really yeah, yeah, yeah. here in kansas city no in cali 
Oh. California. Um, yeah, we, uh, I've always had a musically prone family. Plus my mother, man, she, as well as like having such an eclectic taste in music from waking up in the morning, I'd listen to Billy Joel to Tupac. I remember my first albums I ever got, um, uh, I'll never forget it. It was 1996. I got Jay-Z's very first album, Reasonable Doubt. Nas's second album, it was written, and Tupac's All Eyes on Me, the mm. double disc. I remember listening to all that, and so I was immediately in love with hip-hop. Yeah. Immediately. Well, you started out with some good stuff. That's... Yeah, yeah, I, I, was, I was spoiled. <laughs> I got real lucky when it came to music. Huh. But no, my mom, um, yeah, man, she always just had, she didn't, she, we weren't sheltered. We were yeah. not sheltered. She got us ready, cause it was really just her, it, it was her. I love my dad. Me and him have an amazing relationship now. Mm. But back then he was not really in the picture and that's, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I've learned to move on. I've learned to look past it. I've, I've you know, me and him have had these conversations um, and we'll get to why wasn't in the picture a little later when the questions start rolling in because I know they're going to. But my father wasn't around. Um, you know, he was he was an addict. Mm. He was not doing what he was needing to do. Mm. But not just that. My mother was very... I don't even really know what the word to say without like... She was just a very headstrong woman. Mm -hmm. She was stubborn. Yeah. I love her. That's her. She was a stubborn woman. Very stubborn woman. Um your uh did she raise you up in any kind of church or faith tradition or anything like that? Um, my grandmother did. My grandmother we went to uh, Saint Louis Catholic Church. Really? Yep. Huh. Yeah. It was Catholic for a little bit. <laughs> We tried that one on for size. It didn't really fit. I actually loved going to Baptist churches, though. You know, because you, yeah. In a Catholic church, you just sit there and you listen to, like, this. It sounds like, you know, you had a funeral. At a Baptist church, it sounded like you had a wedding. Mm. Like, everyone was turned. It was lit. Yeah. It was like fun. You saw like that old lady in the corner getting the Holy Ghost. You like, oh boy, <laughs> where's the popcorn? <laughs> that was fun. I remember I had, when I went with one grandmother, it was depressing and boring and I hated being there and I wish I had my Game Boy. The other one was it's like, just, oh my. It's like Black Baptist Church? Yeah, oh yeah. Like what, like here in Kansas City? Ah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. where was, ooh, was um, Our Lady of the Saints, I wanna say, it's on uh, 85th and Warnell. Okay. I went there and was turned out. That was lit. I love Baptist Church. Okay. That is just fun. It's just up. You feel uplifted. Yeah, I get it. I, you know, when I uh, went through my whole episode this last three years, the, uh, when I I started I started going back to church after a while, and I went to the Black Baptist Church down on Linwood off of seventy one mm -hmm. Macedonia Baptist mm -hmm. Church. Mm -hmm. and the pastor there's John Brooks, who's a friend of mine, and then the worship guy is a guy named Tim, or the music guy. And they do about an hour and a half of black gospel music, Damn. and it's I love it. I love I gospel love it. too. Yeah. <laughs> hearing gospel, hearing gospel music, like you, you, I don't know what it is. I I remember I turned some gospel music on. I will. Yeah. My my aunt is super duper hardcore Christian. Like my whole father's side of the family, they all mm -hmm. they all are um, devout Christians. Mm -hmm. My mom, she was more spiritual, which kind of, I was around her more, so I always became more spiritual. Mm -hmm. like I knew there was a God, I just was like, yeah. Yeah. So what, so tell us about your music journey. How did you start getting into, to music? like what music did you start, when did you start writing music? When did you start? trying to record music? When did you start performing, oh, that kind of thing? Oh, man, so I never really wrote it. I was freestyling, which I was absolute horrible at. I was incredibly trash. Uh, 
uh, <laughs> our best friend John, he's probably the one of the only few people who were he was around. He was around when I when I was doing this, and I was um, in the beginning phases and stages of my career, uh, my humble beginnings, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, I was rapping on a webcam mic. This is back when we so o three, o two, o three. Okay. So this is back when we still had AOL. We had dial-up internet. Oh boy, that was fun. This is back when my MySpace was popping. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, <laughs> so old. Long time, man. Yeah. <laughs> making music a long time. Hey, put it like that. Most, no. <clears throat> most anybody that's like 30s and 40s started on MySpace in the music world, you know? Jesus. <clears throat> I just think to myself like but you, you know what though like i i love the way music is now i was so much i love and hate it i love how it's right there it's accessible you, you grab it no problem i hate that it's accessible you could grab it no problem all right it's up and down on yeah, that in there it, it's it's once you have it you've listened to it enough you're done with it unless you truly truly love it like the Kendrick Lamar album just came out. Mm. I, I listened to it like me eh. and it kept going to the next one. What's the what's next? What's new? Mm -hmm. What's you know what I'm saying? That's that's the thing. We're in such a Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? I, but I've been making music a long time. Um I first started making music, my mother helped me write. Mm. My mother helped me, she groomed me to my career more than she oh she probably knows. She she knew. Uh, that's why she was saying it. <laughs> I just wasn't listening. I wasn't catching it. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. absorbing it when I when I should have been absorbing it. Uh, but she was helping me with writing, speaking my story, telling people who I am. Instead of trying to put on a front and try to be someone to be liked, because that was my thing. I always just wanted, I just wanted to be liked. I didn't have a lot of friends. My brothers barely was around me. I just didn't have a lot of people. It was really me in my own little bubble. Mm -hmm. And I finally made music. And I remember doing my first show. Not even a, not even a show. It wasn't even really a showcase. I remember performing down at the Peanut. My first what, real time. What year was this? Oh, God. It was like, oh, Oh six, it was like oh six. Okay, oh six, oh seven. Uh huh. First time I ever performed. God, that makes me feel really old. I was a kid though. I was like eighteen, nineteen. I remember going down there and getting on the mic and rapping something that I wrote. That was me. As crass as it was, it was still me. Um, but I rapped and ate it up. Mm -hmm. Then I got better at freestyling. I got that's what I was known for was sharpening my skills, doing, you know, live open mics and and uh, saying yes to getting a little to any show. If anyone offered me a show, yes, yes, I don't, how much, I don't care, yes. Like, you're just, just jumping on every single opportunity and not being picky. And that was another thing my mother used to tell me, she was like, Mario, you're gonna, Gonna burn yourself out. These people are not gonna want to be around you. Think about this: What would Jay Z do? You think Jay Z would be going to perform when they just saw him hanging out at the bar the other night eating chicken wings? <laughs> like you, you make yourself too accessible, hmm. too, too, too well known. And I was like, Jesus. She was right. She was one hundred percent right. I didn't. I, I did qu quantity over quality. Mm. You know, I was burn I was burning the candle at both ends. Mm. Well, and you, but you got pretty connected to the whole hip hop rap community in Kansas City, right? How did that happen? Who did you start recording with when you first started recording? How did you? What, what was going down in in that world? Uh, Godson. His name was Godson. His real name is Edward Bell, uh, and he grew up down the street. My mom's apartment. 
um, or my mom's town townhome in River Oaks. She ended up moving out not too long after we got the house. She moved right around the corner, um, and she lived in a little cul-de-sac on Dundee, Dundee Circle. And he lived literally about four houses up, and he was a big Jay-Z fan like I was. We just hung out all the time. He was like a big brother to me, which I needed that because I'm the oldest. So I didn't have any big brothers, anyone to look up to. He was the first guy I ever looked up to, for real. Mm. I mean... Super cool, just cool cat, just fly, suave, just. And I remember hanging out with him, and he did music, and I was like, "Hey, man, I, I make music, <laughs> I make music too." <laughs> and he was like, "All right, well, he, he took me under his wing. His name was uh, his rap name was Godson, uh, and his name was uh, his record label was called Xanadu Records." Hmm. Xanadu. Yeah, yeah, like from Citizen Kane. Mm -hmm. Yep. And anyway, he um, took me under his wing. I made my first ever mixtape with all <laughs> industry beats. This is when I didn't know producers. I didn't know anyone. I just knew him. And that was really all I needed at the time. That, that kind of helped me get a leg up uh, because he took me around all these shows. Uh, I, was, I was very wet. I was very green. <laughs> I knew nothing. But this man brought me around and introduced me to his little bro and this is Dutch and everyone just it kinda kinda stuck. Mm. Everyone was you know what I'm saying? They, they were I you know, I started having friends. I started getting invited to parties and hanging out with girls and I was like, Oh my god, this is amazing. This was like college for me yeah this was my college experience right. and that's exactly what i did i did too much partying and not enough grinding you know what i mean i was you know i made mediocre songs on mediocre beats and i was just not quite there yet 2009 though 2009 i met greg enemy Meeting him changed my life forever. Um, he is a lo local, I don't even know if I can put the word right. He's not a rapper, he's definitely an artist. He is a producer, artist, just a savant. Mm. He's just, he's another fly dude. He was just, he's like a fly little brother. Mm. You know what I mean? So he was still someone I looked up to. Um, but he gave me a whole beat pack. I just came over to his house one day and he's like, what do you want? Hmm. And I was like, well, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, and this. And then we made an EP. It was my, my first ever EP. It was called, <laughs> see, Cornball. This is how corny, I had no real originality. It was called Dutch Newman and Greg Enemy made an EP. Want to hear it? <laughs> so exactly, Cornball. <laughs> but it, it gave me my, one of my, Oh, go ahead. No, were these beats, beats that Greg had laid down? All produced stuff? by him, okay. all original gotcha. stuff he had produced. Yeah, this yeah. is my first ever original mm -hmm. project. That mm -hmm. was mine. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't owe anybody nothing. It was awesome. I recorded it at my boy JL, JLB Hood. Uh, I recorded that whole project at his house. Um, anyone doesn't know who JLB Hood is, he, uh, he was on Strange Music. He's, he's one of the city's most talented elite also artists as well. Uh, back then, I got to record a whole EP in this closet. <laughs> it was nice. awesome. Nice. Awesome. But yeah. Um, so he signed with Strange at some he did, point. He did, huh. he did, he did. He did sign with Strange. Okay. Um, we're gonna get a little more into that too. Uh, but yeah, I, um, I made music with Greg started getting really noticed. Um, I made my first ever music video uh, with this guy named Adam Johnson. <sighs> so we shot the video at my friend's dad's house. And then basically long story short, um, took off. The video came out, the project came out, 
doing all these great shows. I started opening up for big acts. I took my first ever trip to Los Angeles, came back, started working on another project with uh, someone who's definitely like a big brother to me. His name is Johnny Quest. He's an artist. He's also a savant from Lawrence, Kansas. He raps, produces, DJs, engineers, shoots videos. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> he works at the KU. Uh, like, there's really nothing that he can't do. Yeah. He is amazing. Um, he actually produced one of the, the latest songs on my latest project. Funny. Uh, he did funny. Yeah. He produced funny. I noticed. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. He's. He's the only other grown man. Like I'll get a tattoo. I like that funny too. That's good. Song. That's yeah. I'll tell you a funny song. story about that. That's one of my favorite songs, and that was one of the last songs for the album. Let's let's plug it real quick because so I the the stuff I listened to um, was was Shory's son. Shoray's son. Shoray's son. Shoray's son. Don't take it personal. That's 2013, 2014. Then yep. your two newest. Uh, releases 2021 you did this too shall pass part one mm -hmm. and then this year 2022 this too shall pass part two yep and funny is on your part two, part two yeah. release and so this is Johnny Quest that you worked with on this one right yep okay yeah uh, so those are my solo projects mm -hmm. my first ever real album was the first project I ever did with him we have two projects together we have the Lonely the, the Lonely Hearts Club, which is a self-titled album. Then we have <laughs> our EP, Skinny Jeans for Fat People. Mm. That came out about 2011. Okay. Uh, but my first album, Just Me, was Sheree's Son. That was, that was 2013. And then Don't Take This Personal. Um, and then I did a bunch of other little... Well, eh, well, here, here, and there. Um, yeah, those are my full length. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Johnny gave me that beat. Here's another. So he, that's what he would do. He would send me. He would send me beat packs. Beat pack is basically where you get like one gigantic folder emailed to you. It's a like a it's a zip, and it's just got a gazillion beats on it. He sent like. 12, 13 beats. I was like, oh, I love this one. Ooh, okay, okay, all right. This was said no, he actually said 28. I'm sorry. Because I can literally pull it up on my phone and the beat just had the number 28 on it. He said 28. So I literally had sat and listened to this one. I found out that Johnny not only sent these beats to me, he sent them to like six homies. So I'm like, Man, and I made a post on Facebook. I'm like, man, this is Johnny B. Packy. He said, oh, word? Yeah, he just sent me that. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought I felt special. And then I was like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, all right. So I decided, okay. I, I was about maybe halfway through the, to the point where I'm like, okay, if seven of us got these damn beats, let me go all the way to the end where I know nobody is listening. <laughs> I'm like at 32 and I'm like, okay, all right, that's cool. Okay, I, I get all the way to 28 and I just hear funny, a year ago I couldn't eat. And I was like, wait, what? So I I called him, I said, I'm like, hey bro. I listened to him, I was like, he said, yeah, I made that for you. I was like, what? He's like, I wanted you to hear that one. Hmm. He made that years ago. Oh, wow. He made that years ago for me. Yeah. And it hit me. It hit me hard. Because he was aware. He was around. He saw the everything I went through. He was yeah. around. It was there for it all. Because yeah. he knew my mom. He, he knew my grandmother. And he, they loved him and he loved them. So, yeah. He saw it. So, he knew exactly what I went through. And so, he went... I heard that he took it off of his beat bag and that was mine. Mm -hmm. It was no longer up for grabs for anyone else. I said, this is mine. So y'all can fight to the death over the rest of these. This is mine. And everyone agreed, yeah, that's yours. Cool, um, cool. It's good stuff. Well, let's let's dive in. So you, you referenced like 
all the stuff I went through. Yeah. So let's let's chat a little bit about like what because you and I, if I understand right, have a couple of things in common these days. Yeah. Some sobriety under our belt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about that a bit. Yeah. Tell, tell us tell us how you know tell us how your life kind of like spun out of control. Flipped upside down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, give us give us a little storyline into that. Um, so like I was saying, it's funny that we're coming to that because around this time I was um, I just finished working on Don't Take This Personal. Just finished wrapping up. Um, so I was now like, okay, what's my next project? What do I do next? <sighs> At the time, it was just whispers. It was just hearsay with JL. They, uh, there was nothing formal. We we basically had given up like any idea of it happening, but finally my friend had made a um made some album cover art. Cause me, Joey Cool, and JLB Hood all had a group called Through the Hardway. I've known those guys for a very, very long time. Um, since I started making music for real and taking it serious mm -hmm. around the time I met them. So Decided, okay, let's make this project. At the same time, this is this is this is how much I didn't want to get upstaged by them because they've been featured on my projects, I've been featured on theirs. Always had a feeling like I always had to try to, which is good. That's good that you had that kind of. Um, You want to you want to compete. You you want to be better and one up the next guy. Like that's what keeps you hungry. Steel sharpened steel. So I put all my eggs into this one basket. I didn't make it work on another project. I worked on this project and this project alone. I'm finding beats. We're working on songs. Little did I know this was one of like seven or eight JL projects, and Joey Cool is working on his project Swank Sinatra. I wasn't working on anything except for this. So, about 2015, um, around this time, I'm working on these songs with them. And started noticing something about my mom. My mom's. A little backstory about my mom. My mom had breast cancer when I was like, that was cervical cancer. She had cervical cancer when I was about 13, 14. Beat it. She beat it. No biggie. And she had breast cancer. Beat that, no problem. Had chemo, which sucked. She lost her hair for a while. It was, it sucked. But she, she beat it somehow. Uh, probably around this time, I think I was so enwrapped in working on this project and just making it, doing something. Because I was feeling like, man, I put out these projects, no one's really, was really fucking with it. No one's really listening to me, and I was just like, man, what do I do? So I'm kind of hitting hitting a wall. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is it. Maybe this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. JL signs a strange music. Very happy for him. Incredibly happy. But with him signing the project we were supposed to be working on, he can no longer put it out. He said that these are your songs with them whatever you want so I got like eight nine songs Joey Cool and JL so he handed them over to you you gave them okay there's, there's no more there's no more group project yeah you're, you're signed to a label you you know what I'm saying and mm -hmm. I get it I get it mm -hmm. I have I, I get it so now I'm just standing there with my dick in my hand and I'm like okay well 
cool. This is awesome news for him. I'm very happy for him. I'm very happy. But now what do I do? Because literally I have to start all over again from scratch. Anyone who works on music and you're working on an album, you know how incredibly difficult it is to start from the beginning and try to do a whole new project. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's just a me thing. I know how hard it is for me to start from scratch and do another project. That's fine, okay, that's cool. So, all this time I didn't realize my mother was dying in front of me. I was so selfish and so worried about my, my, my own bullshit that I didn't realize that I was losing my mother. Until, and even still when we went to the hospital, it still didn't even click. When I literally heard them tell my mother, it was just me and her. She picked me up. I was living in Parkville at the time. And she picked me up, went to the doctor's way out in, in Lenexa, the, 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 the cancer center. And I told her, Sheree, you need to start living your life like you've got about six months to a year. Mm. I heard these words come out of her mouth so nonchalant. Mm. And it didn't even hit me. Didn't even hit me. It hit my mom now. So I'm just sitting there watching her cry. And not knowing what to say. What do you say? What can you say? You just got handed your, your death sentence. So anyway. Spending as much time with her as humanly possible. But then I got to a point where it's like I just kind of fell by the side again. I'm still living in Parkville, dealing with this horrific woman. Mother of my child, which I don't even want to get too far deep into that. You asked me earlier whose situations, whose situationships is about. It is clearly about her. Definitely about that one. Yeah, one of the songs off the new, off the new, album. new album, Situationship. Really good, by the way. Thank but, you. Yeah. Thank you. It's yeah. Definitely about my baby mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, not going to lie, that woman's the who, bane who of my Who was the existence. gal that did the rap on that? That's me, G. Who? I She's, tried to find her. Where she is, she? is she? Her, her her real name is Jay Marie, but she goes, I think that's what she should go by as a rapper. I, I does it me G just spells Meg. <laughs> is, she, is she local? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everyone on my album for the most part, I think, yeah. Everyone on the, on the new okay. album is, is local. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's about her. It's about my baby mama. She ain't shit. I hate her. Actually, I don't hate her no more. I pray for that woman. I hope, I, I hope that she comes to her senses. I just miss my son. That's another thing. So this is another little tidbit of information. I had a child. Uh, for the longest I was masquerading this little boy as my son clearly he wasn't mine biologically his name was Tyler and I had a son Tyler had a little brother Sebastian this woman had cheated on me found out from a friend of mine while he was living with this guy who she kicked out he ended up staying with him his dude who paid for my album Sheree's son was having sex with my baby mama. Found out about it. I left the house. When I left the house, I was, uh, I couldn't be around her. I didn't want to break up, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have, I never had a child involved. So fast forward to that. I, um, I'm having a break. I'm gonna find out she has sex with the guy who she met at my video shoot. New Ink. Mad shot it. Mad shot it. Baby Mama has sex with a guy she met at my video shoot. I don't want a cigarette. <laughs> Nah, man. Uh, just dealing with her. It, 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 it's a it's a podcast in its own. Yeah. We're gonna move forward. We're gonna move forward. So um, you got your mom dying. 
cancer cancer and then this going down with your baby mama yep so what fast forward my mom has now a couple weeks to live um i missed the meeting because i was out with some girl doing god knows what i didn't want to i didn't want to accept these things i was oblivious because i didn't want to accept it didn't want to accept it um I was oblivious. So, needless to say, I um, found out I had a couple weeks. Then I found out that my baby mama was marrying some guy who she had met at a strip club, and oh yeah, she was a stripper too. And I, I, I pick him. I picked the <laughs> I picked the right ones. Uh. She had met this dude. He apparently was in the Air Force. They had gotten married. <laughs> she was telling me she was only going to let me see my son and let my mother on her death. My mom had one wish, one dying wish, to see all of her grandchildren. Our baby mama said, hey, you... Your mom can see him. If you sign over your parental rights. Wow. Yeah. So imagine hearing that. That's a power move. Power control That's move, it. right? Yeah, you see hmm. you see why I made this song. Mm -hmm. Like I never hated anyone as much as I hated her. It was a lot. It was a lot, man. So I did what I had to do. She still ended up only letting him see my mom on FaceTime. Mm. Even bring him to the hospital. They were at the hospital. Didn't bring him bring him into the room. So the day she died, she died March 9th, 2016. I probably can never forget how that day went. That was one of the worst days of my life. Like, I hated everything. Definitely hated God. I hated myself. I, just, I, didn't, want, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to exist. I didn't want to be there. Um... Fast forward, see my grandmother and little did I know that that was the last time I ever saw, I would ever see my grandmother alive and have a conversation with her. I went to see her and I recorded our, our, our last conversation, about 11 minutes long. And I for somehow saved it throughout all those years because bits and pieces of that song. Was that on the song? Yeah. Which song was that on? First one. Fourth one and the last one. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, that was, I was my wondering. Grandma. Okay, that was my, that was wow, our, that's from that recording. Yeah, our very okay. last. It was our very last conversation ever, mm. ever, ever, like ever. And I, something told me to record it. I'm glad I did because I'm not kidding you. It took. It was a lot mm. to listen to. I listened to it. I I could still listen to it. Didn't matter if I was high, I was drunk. It didn't matter. I listened to it. I just broke down. It was bad. <laughs> anyway, so I get a call. Actually, no, I take that back. I get a text from my aunt. We just picked Joe up. Me and Joey were living together. Uh, we just picked JL up. We were going out to strange land. I wanted to stop and see my grandmother. She was having surgery. Um, I wanted to go see her. We're about to head out that way. I get a text. I get a text. My grandmother did not survive surgery, so I didn't even say goodbye to her. That shit mm. really killed me. I mm. stopped everything I was doing. I just started. I, I, I hit my plug up. I went to his house. I just sat in front and just started doing line after line after line. 
till I couldn't feel my face. And it just got worse. It just kept getting worse. It really didn't stop. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, all this got better a little bit. I went to a rehab and I, oh, I didn't know how to do none of that shit. Everyone kept saying, Dutch, you need to go to Oxford House. Maybe Oxford House might. Do try it. You try it. Yeah, all right, whatever. <sighs> Fast forward a year or so later, I'm living with my my aunt, mm-hmm. my father's little sister, uh, and my uncle. I'm living out here with these people who, no matter what, they took me in. They lived in Blue Springs. They just kept. I didn't mean come back. And I was swearing up and down, man, I'm done. I'm not drinking. I'm not using. It got bad. It got to the point I was smoking meth. I was smoking meth. Nobody knew it. My own brother, actually. I just told him this recently. He was shocked. Mm. He was like, you did what? <laughs> I said, yeah, dog. I mean, it, it was to a point where I was just doing everything and anything I could to supply and nurture this habit that had taken over my life. I didn't want to feel anything. Yeah, yeah. Every birthday, every Mother's Day, every Christmas, any holiday, I just kept just punishing myself even more. Mm. I definitely tried killing myself a bunch of times. With the drugs? With the anything. Yeah. I was so high and drunk and I didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And I tried, geez, just any, anything. Anything. Mm. I didn't care. I did not care. I didn't care if I lived or died. I tried. I definitely tried overdosing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm. So how? So what? What led to your beginning of your sobriety? What transpired? Believe it or not, and this is astonishing. Because you I, got what? You got a couple of years. I have two years. As of May, the day I dropped the album, part two. Mm-hmm. The day I got my two years clean. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, congratulations. By thank the way. you, thank yeah. you, thank you. Still in a million years, never thought <laughs> I would have gotten that. Yeah, what what happened two years ago to start that? <laughs> it was around the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it was literally right. in the middle of the yeah. pandemic. Two years ago, I, we're three months in, two months into this thing. Yeah, where it was real. Mm-hmm. It was real lockdown. It was ever everything. It was real. So mm-hmm. funny, funny story. Ah, sorry, these hoochie daddy shorts is rotting up. <laughs> so two years ago, I remember I was um, living with my aunt, living with my uncle, mooching off of them. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get a job. Constantly working on this album that was probably never going to see the light of day. I just lost one of my very closest friends, Info Gates. Also, someone I looked up to, someone I I loved, and we all. He was by far not just as a rapper, not a producer. He was just a genuinely good fucking person. Which that is so rare. <laughs> it's no for real in this in this business alone, in this city, in this. The, the, it's so hard to find a genuine person like that. It was so dope. He was. We just lost him. We just lost him. So I definitely was getting really just. That did not look good. Now I think about it, but. It was bad. It was bad. It was really, really bad. I was around some of the last times I was doing. Not taking this pandemic shit serious. Not taking COVID. I go out with some friends. I just broke a phone, so they were giving me a new phone. I was going with them. I stayed out for like three days straight. By then I'd done, 
I was that was a pattern. Like that was one of the patterns. I would stay with my parent, my my, my aunt, and uncle. I, then I'd go out and do some fuck shit. Come back. They knew. I'm stupid. They knew. This is finally though. I guess this was the perfect opportunity. Pandemic. Okay, you leave, then you come back. We can't let you stay here. Clearly, we have children here. I can't fight it. I can't even be mad at this. I remember I was with my friend Jaden. Amazing kid. Amazing, amazing soul. He was one of the last people I life real told. And just before this, I spilled everything to I just gave him my whole story. Tears and all. Played on the conversation everything. He let me stay with him for a day or two. He's like, listen, man, I, my grandmother's here. She's elderly. I, I said, I get it. Fuck. <laughs> I'm literally watching doors close on me at every turn. I eventually have to stay at a homeless shelter. I stayed down at the City Union Mission one night. Just one night. <sighs> Oh my God, <laughs> you're around a bunch of men who already got God knows what. <laughs> then you throw COVID in the middle. <laughs> Holy shit, you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna die. This is it, this is where it ends for me. I said, cause what's crazy was I actually did try to get into several, several rehabs. I hit everybody I could think of uh, in that Medicaid. Okay, let me call them. Try to do them. Try to do. Uh, I tried to call um, Johnson County to get the, the detox. They wouldn't take me. They could. COVID. COVID literally put everyone into a scare. No one would take me. I'm surprised that the City Union Mission took me. Mm. I was terrified, dude. I was absolutely terrified. Uh, finally. I made a post on Facebook. I said, man, if anybody's out here dealing with this, and I did say this, like, God, this is a terrifying time to be out here, which I wasn't kidding, it was. I really was saying, oh my God, this is where I'm gonna end up. <laughs> At this horrific time, I'm gonna die here. This girl reached out to me and said, hey, I don't know if you were talking about you. She knew I was talking about me. Or you're talking about anyone else in particular. Uh, but listen, I'll take you in. I was like, okay. <sighs> said, I'll take you in. I said, okay, cool. Psycho. Absolute psychopath. Crazy shit. That's where I'm gonna stop it there. She's crazy. I had to I'd left. She's like legit out of her mind. So I said, okay, I'm gonna go somewhere else. It was a terrible idea. I gave her half my stimulus check. When we all got our stimulus checks, I had never seen so much money in my whole life. I was like, oh my god, I got a stimulus check. I gave her this whole half of it. <laughs> and she wanted the other half of it. I wasn't do, having sex with this woman. This woman wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, she took me in, that was beautiful. I, and I offered her half of it for that. She took it. Okay, gotta go somewhere else. Gotta stay with someone who I consider a friend. Let's just say this, the day that I got clean, the exact day I got clean, the day I was getting kicked out of this girl's house. Because the night before I did something, it wasn't horrific. The way she had exaggerated it made it sound like I did something absolutely horrific. But after like speaking with people, they were like, "Did you? It was that bad." I was like, "Okay." Just the fact that someone had to tell me that, say, "Hey, this is," it wasn't that bad. I was like, "Shit." Okay, I clearly don't remember, and I couldn't prove. I didn't do anything bad. My friend, Kari, picked me up. I said, baby, you're going to an Oxford house, setting up an interview. You're staying with me and detoxing. 
and we're gonna get you an interview. And I shit you not, she put me in. I stayed with her May seventh, twenty twenty. I said she's right. I went, went to my first ever AA meeting, then I went to an NA meeting, and then I was like, oh my god, and I have not looked back since. Wow. Wow. How when did you work the steps with a sponsor? Or did I'm on eleven. Okay. How how did the you know, your first three steps, you're kinda like admitting your life is unmanageable, out of control <laughs> and like, you know, you're to restore your sanity, you kinda gotta surrender to a higher power. Yeah. What 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 did that look like for you? Was that a was that difficult? I mean, admitting that my life is unmanageable? No. Yeah. That wasn't hard. <laughs> so it's okay. still unmanageable. Anyone who anyone who tells you their life is manageable yeah, right. is a whole ass lie. Right. No one is <laughs> life is manageable. Let's let's be honest. That's I, when that's I, I honestly don't you know, like cause I was pastored people for forty years, you yeah. know, and I'm like when I work through the steps, it was like, there isn't a person on the planet who doesn't need these things, you know, <laughs> right? But at any rate, but no, but you're, did you have a, what was that? Uh, like, did you have some kind of spiritual awakening? Did it just, did it come easy for you, those first three steps or? Yeah, it was crazy. I still find myself in awe every day, but in the beginning, yes. Cause it's crazy. I normal times that I would have been like, um, I'd have been like, man, this ain't gonna work out. Okay, maybe we're on to the next. No, I made it work out. I didn't actually. I didn't do shit. I allowed my higher power to let it work out, which is I was something I would have never done in the past. Mm. In the past, I was just. <laughs> See to my pants, just you know, let it rip. Mm -hmm. No, I uh, I take into account um, that there's a plan out there. I am definitely not aware of what the plan is, but at the same time, I'm not fighting it because I was living my plan for so long and I saw exactly where that got me. So I just, I literally, I just would let go and let God. Mm -hmm. like I had to realize that there are things that are out of my control. There are things that I can't control and I'm fine with that now. Mm -hmm. I used to not be. And it's liberating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's it's liberating that I have a higher power that I believe in wholeheartedly. Because it's funny we uh talk about higher power, everyone assumes that what I love about AA and NA is that it is spiritual. There are, because I have a lot of friends who are atheists. Mm -hmm. I have friends who don't believe there's a God, but it's funny, I talk to them about this all the time. And, hey man, believe what you wanna believe. Gets you through the day and you don't use, you're still clean. But you gotta believe in something. Because if you don't, you will the why, why do we, why do we, what are we doing here? Well, how are we here? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You just popped up, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, everyone's entitled to believe in what they believe in and what they feel, but I remember when I was, when I just lost my mom and grandmother, I would see the numbers 222 two, two, everywhere, all the time, without fail, no matter where I looked matter what time I looked either. That was really freaky. I would look and I would just see 222. Finally, I looked up and I saw what it was and there were angel numbers. It was, and it, what it says is someone from the beyond is trying to tell you that it's gonna be okay. Hmm. Not kidding you. I didn't I didn't believe that shit. I didn't, it's like, and then I'd see it and I'd be like, oh my God, it's, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> I uh, it, it took me a while because, like I said, I, I didn't higher power. That was that was that was another one. Higher power was you know 
Because it ain't God for once. Like I used to say all the time, why me? What did I do? Now I'm like, why not me? You know, it's all in perspective, I feel. I feel like I woke up this morning clean and sober. No matter what I went through between then and me going to sleep, my only intention, my only desire is to stay sober I don't try to let it get overcomplicated mm-hmm. I I just know what I believe in I know what has kept me and is still going and still keeping because I have people I have people who've had years and years of sobriety mm-hmm. and people were like oh they threw it away no so the day they stopped believing and whatever they believed in to get them to mm-hmm. that next day. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, we're 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 running out of time here, so let's. Um, your your newest album, "This Too Shall Pass," part one, last year, part two, just dropped. Mm-hmm. And um, you, uh, the songs, you know, you can all the stuff you just shared with it come out in your music, right? Yeah. It's it's all through here. Your recovery battles some of the relationship stuff it's all right there um also uh matt cox our our uh producer also did one of your music videos just recently mm-hmm. yeah um what which what's the title the upward that? turn yeah upward turn upward which turn. is a good great so we're gonna if we're if it's okay we're gonna put that uh music video on the on yeah. the end of this this podcast totally. i was wondering if you would if you would uh take us out by doing one of your songs sure uh yeah um the song i actually love the most is the actual title song of the whole album uh and real briefly so the name of the album is called this two shall pass uh, i actually thought of the title years and years and years ago but when people asked me what the concept of my album was, they were saying, hey, uh, what made you think of this? And it was basically living in a house as long as you've lived in, and the house has suddenly just fell down on you. As soon as it fell down on you, um, you can do one or two things. You can crawl out of it, or you can lay there and die. What I decided to do was I crawled out of it, but then I could have just left the rubble Instead of leaving the rubble, I literally cleaned up and I started rebuilding the house brick by brick, beat by beat. That's what these albums are. Mm. So the first part is getting out of it. The second part is rebuilding. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, check it out. You can get it on any of your music platforms, basically. Right? iTunes, yep. Spotify, Bandcamp. All of that. All of that. I'm on all of that. And your your uh, Instagram is uh, Dutch Newman is back. Is back. Dutch is Newman back. is back. All right. So, what song are you gonna do? A title song. Uh, this too shall pass. All right. All right. Uh, Handling shit. It ain't over for me. My nigga, soon as I'm on this beat, a teddy bear just grown to a beast. 
when it comes to the fam, know we gon' eat In it to win it, like a motherfucking game show I'm back in this bitch and get to whipping like I'm Django Hey ho, new nigga like hove about to change codes Cool as LL or Ordell in the Kango And this the shit that they been waiting for Seven years later came to change the score Cause since the day my mother passed away This is the shit that I've been praying for And I ain't no more Fuck all the opposition, I got a proposition Too many pussies around, I feel like an obstetrician But now I feel like y'all ain't got a pot to piss in So go ahead, everybody start placing your best Five to one, odds on you taking the next I ain't wasting the breath or retracing my steps Huh, shit, I'm about to start placing some threats I was asking for change like a bum on the street And my wits in, I was gonna run and retreat Broken and beaten and needed comfort relief Freddy to throw the towel, flustered because of his grief But now I'm back to it, and the feeling's immaculate Eventually, end of the day, I had to get past the shit I had to split, move through all the labyrinths This too shall pass better than I imagined it Had an epiphany, had to realize initially Though they gone from me physically, legacy still gon' live to me I feel like God is granting me a second chance So I'ma take full advantage the best I can Got a one up on niggas like an extra man Now I'm back to working harder than Mexicans I feel the spirit invoking my soul Lo and behold, I'm going for gold Call him butter cause that boy on the road Going for broke, too close to my goals Going for a W I don't know what that double do But I'm feeling the fever just like a hundred two Whack ass niggas, I just can't fuck with you but thank you, Lord, for giving me another more. And thank you, Mom, the very second I was born. So now that we close to the ending, I'm finally starting to show a resemblance of who I used to be with the dopest intentions. Cause it reaches seven stages, it's hoping acceptance. Thanks so much for being on Spirituality Adventure, sharing your story. Congratulations on two years of sobriety. Thank you, Great sir. job. And everybody, thanks for tuning in to Spirituality Adventures. We'll see you next time. This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com and make a one-time donation, or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.